Welcome to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Conley. Thanks so much and welcome to the pod. As we're recording this a week after I was in shorts and no shirt cutting the grass in my backyard, it's snowing outside. And of course, we can only expect that in Michigan. So I figure snow on the ground in the spring, what better time to talk to Tim High who is the CEO of Mackinac Island Tourism, and it's probably snowing on the island as we speak. Tim, how are you? Good, Tony. Great to catch up with you again. It's good to see you. I know you've been away for a while. Welcome back to the snow. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's still beautiful. You know, it's a little gray right now. April is the cruelest month. We just want it to be green so quickly. If the Tigers are playing baseball, why isn't it green all over the state of Michigan? But you know what? Yeah, we're going to be okay, and it'll get here eventually. So we're excited to be back. Thanks. I hear you. Well, before we start talking about the island, I want to talk to you about an event that you were in in Washington, D.C. As a matter of fact, we recently had interviewed the head of Pure Michigan, and I know there was a lot going on. Tell us about that experience for you. Where were you and what were you doing? Dave Lorenz and I and Chris Moyer from the Detroit Convention of Visitors Bureau We're in Washington, D.C. with a bunch of our travel colleagues from throughout the United States. And it was an event that was put on by the U.S. Travel Association. And they do it every year. It's a big fly-in. And they give us some topics to go to the Hill with and to talk to our congressmen and congresspeople that are important, things that are important to travel. And we are so fortunate that the U.S. Travel Association has included the Mackinac Islands major fight when we go to the Hill a few times a year, and that's to fight for more H-2B visas, which are guest worker visas so that we have enough employees to make Mackinac Island the travel destination that it is. I wasn't aware that the island used that many visas. Tell us a little bit about that. How many do you need for the businesses there? How does that work? Yeah, great question, Tony. We need about four to 5,000 seasonal workers every year. And seasonal work is, you know, it's hard to find people to do that to begin with. And then if you're going to have these seasonal workers in a remote location like Mackinac Island, in a county where we only have 11,000 people with very low unemployment, you can see why it's very hard to attract people to come and work on a seasonal job. So the secret sauce since about 1988 has been working with the federal government and their H-2B visa program which allows workers to come into the United States on like a three-year basis so that they can work seasonal positions. So the workers that you see on Mackinac Island year after year after year, well, then in the wintertime, typically go to work for a resort in Colorado or a club in Florida. So there's a lot of coordination going on, but the service industry and especially places like Mackinac Island totally rely on employees that come through this program. These seasonal workers, where do they come from? Oh, wow. They come from all over the place. There's you know, Jamaica, Eastern Europe. And the problem that we run into, Tony, is that the federal government has established a cap of how many workers could come into the country. And that cap was established way back in 1988. Now, a few things have changed since 1988, and we need a lot more workers. What the problem is, is that there are more employers trying to get these workers. So it's very hard to get your share of the 66,000 workers. And in fact, what they do, Tony, is they do a lottery. And the lottery's on January 2nd. And on January 3rd, you find out how many of the workers that you requested 
you will probably end up getting. And for the island, it ends up being about 30% every year. A long time ago, Tim, I dated someone in college and she would go to work on the island. As a matter of fact, at the Iroquois. And she loved it because she'd make a boatload of money. Are college students still seeking out the island for seasonal employment? There are fewer of them doing it now. I think there are more internships that are required for a lot of programs. The dormitory lifestyle is something I think some of the students like to break away from in the summertime because they do it during the school year. So we're seeing fewer, but we do have a lot of college students and they bring such a great energy to the island. But it's also a limited amount of time. They only get, what, 12, 13 weeks in the summertime. And so a lot of times they want to come a couple of weeks after school is over and they want to go a couple of weeks before school starts. So it's become, we rely on college students less than we did back in the day when you were dating that young lady that worked at the airport. Yeah. And Tim, I know that this meeting in Washington, D.C. went beyond what you might think a normal convention would be because you guys really take the time to speak with your Congress folks. In some cases, I know that you folks were able to speak with Debbie Stabenow and Gary Peters, mm-hmm. Michigan senators. Yeah, we did. And those two senators have been absolute champions for us when it comes to getting this H2B system reformed, trying to eliminate the cap, trying to make it so that employers like our members on Mackinac Island do a better job with the employees that are in the country. Our employers do a great job, but of course, there are some things you can't control around the country. Yeah, both of those folks have been fine and have been great for us. And then, yeah, Tony, we were also able, in while in Washington, D.C., meet with the Wall Street Journal. The Detroit News has two reporters that are based in Washington, D.C., and we were able to meet with one of those reporters. So we're just trying to get the word out. And why H2B is an innocent program that needs more workers, we're just trying to get the word out over and over again. We're talking with Tim High, who is the CEO of Mackinac Island Tourism. When we come back, we're going to talk about Mackinac Island What's happening on the island this spring and summer as they gear up? I'm Tony Conley. This is Media Business, and this is the Michigan Business Network. The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer legal counsel to businesses, families, individuals, and municipalities throughout Michigan with offices in Lansing, Farmington Hills, Grand Rapids, Detroit, Marquette, and Holland. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. Welcome back to Media Business. I'm Tony Conley on the Michigan Business Network. Tim High is the CEO of Mackinac Island Tourism. It's the springtime, even though right now it is a bit chilly. Mackinac Island's gearing up for the spring and summer season. So, Tim, tell me, what's going on now with travel on the island? Is it open now? What preparations are being made? What's going on? The island never closes, right? But it really starts to open up on Friday, April 28th. And Mission Point Resort opens that day and Grand Hotel. So this starts to open because the two big hotels are open. The cruise seasons 
We are open and earnest and ready to go. And I sure do wish the grass was a little greener and there were a few more flowers out, but everybody still seems to enjoy it. So the purveyors, the owners of those businesses, what are they doing now? Are they open and ready to go? What's the formula for them getting ready? Yeah, well, it's quite the formula for anyone that's ever had a cottage up north and one that isn't winterized that they have to close down in the wintertime and then open back up in the spring. They can empathize with this because these big, like grand hotels, the Mission Point resorts in the world, they close down and then they'll have to open back up. So they have been working since they have staffs that are there all year, but they really start to ramp up around April 1st. It takes about a month for some of the major buildings to reopen and get ready for customers. Tim, tell us a little bit about getting to the island. I know over the years, there's been some challenges with the ferries buying and selling and issues. Where are we with that? Well, we have two ferry companies at this point. We have the Shepler's Mackinac Island Ferry, and then we have a Starline, and their new name is the Mackinac Island Ferry. And so we have two of those, and they've started operating a couple of weeks ago and with their summer schedule. And the schedules vary throughout the season. This time of year, they aren't as frequent or they don't go quite as late as they do in the peak of the season. But in the peak of the season, you can start coming to the island at 7.30 in the morning, and the last ferry is at 10 p.m., so you can have yourself a full day on Mackinac. Tim, how many people will visit the island this summer? Well, we anticipate about 1.2 to 1.3 million, Tony. Wow. Isn't that something? <laughs> yeah. So the economy there, I know, uh, must thrive off of that. How important is it for them? Yeah, it's vital. And since we're only open six months, it's hard to waste a day. And uh, Tony, you know, being in the radio business, that if you go a day and you didn't sell a radio spot, that spot vanishes. It's the same way with a hotel room. If you haven't rented that hotel room, it goes away. It's vanished. So we only have six months to do it. So it's vital. There's probably well over $300 million a year that's spent on Mackinac Island. And so it's really important for our local economy, good for the state economy. And I think we can say that the island's a big draw for the entire state as well. When people come to Mackinac, they're not just coming to the island but they're going to visit other places in the Straits and other places in Michigan. Plus, they have to get here from somewhere. So they're going to travel and buy gas and eat and things like that. And there's been discussion about the pipelines in and around the island. I know that's a political issue. What do you think about that? Does that come into your focus at all? Are you worried about it? Where do you stand? Well, it's a wonderful question. And it's something that the Tourism Bureau has not had to deal to weigh in. That's something that the city council has and something that a lot of the other businesses. So it's nothing that we comment on. We hope that, you know, we're thankful that people are still talking to each other about it. People know that remedies need to be out there. And we just hope that they choose the the best remedy and keep everybody safe and keep the island and their natural resources safe. And what do you do to get new people to the island? People who have never been there before. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's funny because we don't have the exact percentages. But we always say there's probably 35 to 40 percent of the people that come to the island have probably been there before because it's so unique and people love to make a memory there and then come back here. So we've got an advertising budget that is developed through an assessment that people that spend the night pay into. And with that assessment, we have a local advertising campaign, a regional campaign, a tertiary markets, secondary markets, evolving markets. It's all digital because that's about all we can afford to try to compete nationally on a 52-week basis. So, and then, you know, we just won this nice recognition from USA Today as being 
the number one summer tourist attraction in the entire country. So when we get publicity like that, that goes a long way of introducing the island to new people. And hopefully that will help attract people and new people to the island and to all of Pure Michigan. When we come back, Tim, I want to talk a little bit more about the island and what you can do there. It's a great time. We're going to talk a little bit more about that with Tim High, who's the CEO of Mackinac Island Tourism. I'm Tony Conley. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. Sonair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sonair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sonair.com. Welcome back to the Media Business Pod. I'm Tony Conley. We're talking with Tim High. All right, Tim. So for someone who is hearing this podcast and hasn't had a chance to get to the island, what's it all about? You know, the island is about kind of losing yourself, changing your routine, changing the pace of your life, and slowing down a little bit. It's amazing what happens when you arrive on an island without any cars. You're not hearing that rum of the wheels. You're not hearing honking. You're not hearing anger. <laughs> People <laughs> that are, you know, they call it road rage. What you are hearing is the clip-clop of horses. You're hearing the sound of waves on the rocky beaches. And you're hearing yourself think. You're hearing children laugh. You're hearing people actually having conversations. So that just changes your, it's just kind of a reset, Tony. So... There are a lot of activities to do as well, but there's something about the minute you walk off that boat, when you're in a society or a geography that doesn't have automobiles, that changes everything. Tim, talk a little bit about tourism in Michigan. We've been talking a little bit about Pure Michigan on the pod recently. Talk about tourism in Michigan and how big it is and how important it is. You know, tourism, let's start with economics, number one. It's critical to the state of Michigan that we have a thriving tourism industry. We are either the second or the third largest industry in the state of Michigan after manufacturing, and that would tie us or be right near agriculture. So we know how important those two are to the state, and that is just as important economically as travel. So let's also talk about then the benefits of travel. We talked about changing the pace by coming to places like Mackinac. We all need a break. We learned a lot new pandemic is that we all need a break from our daily routines. And travel is a great way to do that. It forces us out of our comfort zone. It puts us in places where we can learn about other people's cultures. And that's something that I think we need more and more in today's society. I think it's a calming effect for not only you personally, but for society as a whole. And then number three, I think it's really good, Tony, for all of us in the state of Michigan. When you remember, Tony, the first time you ever saw Pure Michigan, TV commercial with Tim Allen as a voice. Oh, I can hear the voice in my head right now. Absolutely. Yeah. How'd that make you feel? Felt relaxed. I felt compelled to get up north by water to a golf course, to a restaurant. Tim Allen's voice and the way that's presented is awesome. And did it make you feel proud about the place where you live? 
On question. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. That's a long answer to your question, but I think there are three major keys to what tourism means to the state of Michigan. Mm-hmm. So, Tim, what's newsy going on around the island, around tourism yeah. in the state of Michigan? What's going on? As far as the island goes, there's some new things this year. There's a brand new pub on Main Street that's called Patrick Dowd's. And you know, the Dowd name is really famous on the island. Mm-hmm. Our mayor, Mayor Dowd, has been mayor since 1975. <laughs> and she's run unopposed ever since 1975. <laughs> she's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then the Dowd name, there's Dowd's Grocery. And so the Dowds have been around for six or seven generations. So this new pub in downtown is a major homage to the Irish heritage and the Dowd family on Mackinac. Mm-hmm. Mission Point Resort has gone through some major renovations. They have total redesign of their lobby. Grand Hotel has done some incredible things over the winter with their outdoor dining. And that seems to be a theme since COVID when outdoor dining became more important. So on the island, you're seeing a lot more investment into outdoor dining infrastructure. So those are some of the major things that are going on on the island as far as what's new. Yeah, Tim, for folks who aren't familiar, going to Mackinac Island can be a little bit pricey, even though the experience is great. Sometimes it's hard to get a reservation. What's the secret to getting the biggest bang for your buck and the opportunity to get on the island? That's a great question, Tony. For anyone that might be budget conscious, you've got to take a look at coming in the non-peak seasons. So if you come in the month of May through the first couple of weeks of June, and if you come in September and October, you're going to find lower rates. And if you come later in the year, like in the last couple of weeks of October, you're not only going to find lower rates, but you're going to find a lot of merchandise on sale as well, because our shop owners, they don't want to carry over any merchandise. They certainly don't want to, want to ship it off the island. So those are a couple of keys. And then if you go into our website, MackinawIsland.org, and look at our specials, you'll see what some of the members are offering at any given time. Yeah, Tim, I know a lot of folks will stay off the island in a hotel or whatever, and then just come back and forth on the ferry. That's something that gives some folks some flexibility to get to other areas. We always recommend that if you're going to do that, spend at least one night on the island so that you can feel what the island experience is like after the last ferry goes home for the evening. It just changes. And then that way you can see a sunrise and a sunset and get a feel for what Mackinac Island's like without the hustle and bustle of the day crowd. We've been talking with Tim High, who's the CEO of Mackinac Island Tourism. You can go to the website. You can follow Tim on Twitter at Tim High, and that's H-Y-G-H on Twitter. Tim, I appreciate you so much. I will see you at the policy conference. I'll make sure I track you down and we get a mint julep or a bourbon and have a cigar. (laughs) Sounds great, Tony. I look forward to seeing you. Thank you for this time. All right. Thanks so much. That's Tim High, the CEO of Mackinac Island Tourism. I'm Tony Conley. This is the Media Business Podcast on the Michigan Business Network. We'll see you next time.